Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. Remember to subscribe. We drop new episodes every Tuesday. So see you then. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And I want to welcome today, Michelle Panning. Well, we had a little discussion on what we could talk about. And I love this topic because it is something that all women go through and men because it's called the anxious avoidance, which I think everybody goes through at, at any time in a relationship. One of you feels more confident than the other. Explain, Michelle, a little bit about this. And welcome, by the way. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> so glad to be here. Essentially, it's this dynamic and this predominantly, I'd say more women tend to fall in an anxious attachment style and more men tend to fall in the avoidant, but can certainly happen the other way around as well. And it's essentially where one partner is craving more closeness, more intimacy. I want to be close. They're like, I, I just can't get enough of you. And then the other partner needs more space, more distance. I actually need to be more within myself. And you can see how that dynamic really causes a lot of distress for both people, because the more this person, the more the anxious person pursues, the more avoidant the other person becomes. And then the more avoidant they become, the more they want to pursue. And it's this constant chasing and I experience that myself. I tend to, I was falling more anxious in my previous relationships. It was like, my needs are never being met and I need more. And it was, I just can't give that to you. I need space. They'd, you know, fuck off for like a week. And that was not a healthy dynamic at all. And the fact of the matter is 
there's a lot of marriages like this as well, actually. I'm listening to you and sort of laughing because I think I'm in one. My husband just (laughs) gave me the middle finger. I forgot to say, sorry, I've got filming downstairs, everybody. So I've just been in the world that Michelle has a podcast called Unfuck Your Relationships, which I love that name, just by the way, (laughs) FYI. So yes, I'm in a marriage like this. So I have an anxious husband who'd like more time. And I am the one that spends the time running. He's busy over there shaking his head. He does not like this. <laughs> yeah, it's quite common. And I, and I love that you brought that up because whilst I said more women tend to fall more anxious, that's very stereotypical, generalized. There are women who are more avoidant and there are men who are more anxious. And that's what creates polarity at the end of the day. An anxious person is going to be drawn to someone who's avoidant and an avoidant person is going to be drawn because these dynamics are familiar. And we can go into like, that starts from childhood. I don't know if you want to go down that route. I actually do because I'm very interested because I have a huge avoidance thing the moment he's like that. Like literally, I could not be meaner or want him to fuck off more, which Mm. drives him to just want to cuddle and gaze into my eyes for the rest of the afternoon. And then we get into a huge fight. And actually, when I, you know, you think about it, I had a completely different relationship before where, you know, my ex-husband was traveling most of the time. So actually, this is probably a much more healthy relationship. And, and actually, you know, we, we get into more sort of heated arguments than maybe I did in my first marriage, which I don't think is a bad thing because, you know, as he says, it's like he, he thinks we're in a Romeo and Juliet movie. He's really not loving this podcast. <laughs> might have to find a divorce lawyer after this, but it's a constant circle. But then I don't want to, you know, I want to give him more love because it's a beautiful thing. But at the same time, I do need, you know, he's the guy that will come to the loo with me. Hmm. And I quite like to shut the door and actually not have anyone in the loo with me. I don't want a conversation in the loo. So how did it come about? Like, what, what is it in my childhood that made me avoid things and him to be so needy? I mean, I can't say specifically, you know, I'd have to have like deeper conversations with you of like, okay, this specifically in your childhood, but speaking as a whole, it comes from emotional neglect. Really at the end of the day, it's and for an avoidant. I don't feel safe with closeness. I don't feel good. I don't feel my nervous system doesn't feel relaxed. I didn't, it's like, if you didn't receive that in childhood of someone being very attuned to your needs and attuned to your emotional state, you're going to have this narrative of, I need to take care of everything myself. Oh my God. You've just hit the nail on the fucking head. That is my life. Yeah. That is what I just spent my whole life trying to explain to him that, you know, in boarding school, obviously no one is going to meet those needs for me. So I'm used to meeting them myself. So the more he comes, the more I'm like, you totally distrust it. And you're like, my, I actually get anxiety. I get no, like, I don't want yeah. it. It makes it, the more needy he is, the more I'm like, get the fuck off me. And then, the, yeah. and, and, but he thinks that's me going, oh no, give me more, give me more. And it's actually really not. He needs to step mm. the fuck back because I might actually knife him one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you are funny. It's like, well, there's give and take for both people, right? Because an anxious person, that usually comes about when there's inconsistency with their parents, one or both of their caretakers, when it's like, come here, go away. Or sometimes I'm really loving to you or towards you. And then sometimes I'm not. 
and they're confused. And so they're wanting to pursue, pursue, pursue. The more they pursue, the more you're going to want to distance, but they still need that closeness and connection. And this is why relationships are so fucking hard because you would just want to be like, no, this is how, this is how it is. And he's like, but I need this. Right. And so oftentimes what I've actually found is the needs of the avoidant person become more important than the need of the anxious person. Right. And so it's like, oh, my need for space trumps your need for closeness. 100%. And so every single time I win. Yeah. Oh, actually, he did cuddle me today. Well, he actually, he actually makes it a mission to cuddle me so I can't move. Like he'll hold both arms down and like just lie on top of me. And I have no way of actually moving because of the weight of his body. And I actually just have to give into it. That's what he actually does now. Mm. And actually, it's really funny because I have a gorgeous, kind husband that most people would die to have. And the fact that he has to force me is hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Because I think in the general world, people think I force him. (laughs) Somehow I've got him chained to my bed as my sex slave up here. (laughs) I have a very fun visual right now. (laughs) There you go. Well, the thing is, is that being with someone who is, you know, and I'm generalizing here, but being with someone who is kind and attentive and attuned to your needs probably feels really fucking unfamiliar. Yes. That probably feels really unsafe, actually. So it's like he's literally having to pin you down to receive his love. Because to someone who didn't receive that as a child, that's incredibly vulnerable and very exposing of like, oh my God, fuck, I actually don't know how to receive this. And that's what happens is we, we, we think that we're connected to ourselves because we're so insular and, oh, I just have to take care of myself. But an avoidant person is very, 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 and an anxious person, very disconnected from themselves, you know? And I'm not speaking just directly to you. I mean, like, oh, no, I everyone. am. I am. I, I sometimes worry that I don't have any feelings at all. And that's what he always says. He does remind me he's nodding over there. My God, you need to leave this room. But, <laughs> you know, that's that I'm so disconnected from everything because I'm just such a doer. I just like to get everything done. I'm also a perfectionist. So unless everything goes my way, I have a complete and utter meltdown. So how do I get through? I mean, we've, we've done really well, to be fair. We've, you know, considering how different we are, we're now, this is almost our fifth year together and he's only tw- you know he's 28 which also is 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 a double edged sword because it's actually quite good because he doesn't get upset he's like tigger the you know bear or whatever it is he he mm-hmm. just bounces straight back if i if i brush him off and now he just finds it funny so he doesn't get hurt by it is my point mm. but he does not give me the space yeah and 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 this is the give and take right of understanding like okay i have a need for space but communicating that I right. Not communicate and it more. Exactly. Because what happens is the avoidant person just takes the fucking space. And then the anxious person's like, hello, I have needs. And then they're going to want to push to have their needs met even more. So for me, when I'm working at this, this is all a symptom of trauma. And for me, trauma is we can have acute trauma, you know, which is the things that we initially think about. But Trauma is just undigested life experience. You know, it's just these things that we haven't digested and metabolized in our system. And so they come up and they come out as working all the time, doing, being stuck in our head, not being able to feel our body saying like, I feel nothing. I'm completely numb. 
I don't buy that for a second. Like I'm like, actually the people who say I feel nothing are the people who actually feel the most, but it wasn't safe for them to feel. So they had to shut off and disconnect from themselves. So good one. I I felt that in myself because I was like, I was very much, I'm a strong, independent bitch. Like I don't need anyone. I've got it. And actually what I came to was, wow, I'm deeply sensitive. (laughs) I feel a lot, a lot. And I've had to shut that down. And so it's been a process of actually creating safety in myself, nervous system tools, inner child work to actually one, validate what I experienced as a child, because I think people miss that part. They want to do the healing work. Okay. Give me the community, the communication tools, right? Give me, how do I not do this anymore? The only way we can transcend a wound is to actually acknowledge that it's there in the first place. It's to actually mm-hmm. validate. I didn't get my needs met as a kid and have some understanding of this is why I need to pull away and take space, right? Or the anxious person, I didn't get my needs met, which is why I'm constantly, because what they do is they usually project a parent onto the other person. You need to meet my needs and they don't know how to. So whilst, whilst the avoidant is like, I meet my needs myself. I don't rely on anyone. The anxious is like, I don't know how to meet my own needs. So you're responsible to meet my needs, which is you can see a fucking recipe for disaster because they're like, sort yourself out. (laughs) Don't look at me. So it's just a lot of like mommy, daddy projection shit that plays out essentially. Mommy, daddy projection shit. So how are Sergio and I going to navigate this then? Because frankly, this is our life, but does this, we have to go to therapy? Look, I honestly believe that every couple should have a therapist or a coach. My partner and I do, and our relationship is fantastic. You know, we see someone once a fortnight because we just want to expand and evolve. So I'm always going to back therapy or coaching or whatever it is. Is it necessary? No, absolutely not. But it takes a lot of empathy for each other, understanding, because what happens is each person is like, I'm right. And this is the way that it is and not have any understanding or empathy for the other person's experience. So actually, even something as simple as just listening, just understanding, hey, I know that you want to cuddle. And this is where the the compromise comes in because it's, okay, I'm in the middle of something. I can't do that right now, but how about in 20 minutes? Because his needs are also important, right? It's not just, it's we can get this in relationships, anyone. It's me, 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 me. It's like, no, there's another fucking human. Because it's so funny how different men and women can be and how how this, because I'm hearing all this healing stuff so much at the moment. And I've always thought of it as a little bit of mumbo jumbo. But the things that I do do are vision boards. I do do gratitude journals and I love all that. But I feel like as a busy, very busy woman, like right now I'm like a headless chicken. We've moved house. We're doing, you know, a show. We, We have kids. We have however many brands we work for, jobs. We, we barely have time to sort of like, you know, tie our own shoelace that the thought of going to a third party now and sitting there and discussing things that seem quite frivolous, you know, that my husband would like a lovely cuddle is ridiculous to me. So it's getting my head around that. What we have done is said, okay, I mean, you know, we sort of break up the summer for, you know, the show and all of the things that we're up to in about a week or so. And we've booked the Maldives where I'm going to consciously turn off my fucking phone for two days and literally walk around my room naked with my husband 
for the full two days. Then we've got another five and I'll switch it back on and do some work. My husband is doing cartwheels across the bedroom right now. He's so excited. (laughs) But that's, you know, that's me compromising for him. I mean, whether I get through a full two days, I don't know. That might be lies. But I'm going to have a good go at giving him the attention he needs out there where we have no distraction and all my work is gone. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's things like that, right. That it's, it becomes more of a, okay, here's a set container that we're going to do that in. And we're looking forward to this, but it's also in the everyday moments of something as simple as what do you need? What do you need right now? Or what can I do to help you feel more loved? Right. And yes, we're busy and all of the things. And here's the understanding piece, right? Because the cuddles might seem frivolous to you, but to him, they're not. No, they're everything to him. He he would like lie in bed and just lock eyes with me for a good two hours, and I could I while I'm while I'm locking eyes for the first two minutes, I'm thinking of all the other things I could be doing. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. And, and that's what bedroom. happens <laughs> uh, because chick- that's intimacy. Yes. Right. We can have all the sex we want, but that's intimacy of actually looking into your partner's eyes and and really seeing each not just seeing him, but allowing yourself to be seen. So your ego, right? The the part of you, the, the ego wants to protect us from anything that feels uncomfortable. So the ego comes in, oh, that thing I got to do, oh, the show, oh, but my to-do list and oh, I got to do this. It's just like, get me the fuck out of here immediately. He says and I so kiss just- and then I look around the room whilst I'm having a kiss. He's like, who the fuck looks up when you're kissing? What does that mean? Yeah. And, and, and I'm sure so many people can resonate with this, like particularly if you fall into a more like strong, independent woman archetype. So many people would resonate with this. That's what happens with trauma. We cannot be with ourselves and it, it's an inability to be with ourselves. So it's a constant. That's a symptom. That's the constant doing, doing, doing. That's being in a constant state of flight, like fight or flight, flight. Oh, that's interesting. I've got to go. You hear that, darling? Like I could be mid-sex and then see something on the floor that I need to pick up. Yeah, because it's it's being hyper vigilant to threats, and I know that sounds like you know crazy. And and so yeah, you're a busy woman. You got shit going on. Like you don't have time maybe to go to an hour, two hour session once a week for therapy. Fine. Even just like a simple thing is like hand on your heart when you first wake up in the morning, and just taking three deep breaths. Just to be like, wow, I'm here. I have a body. Oh, that's <laughs> a good one. Do you find that like it gets worse as you get older? Because I wonder like, you know, I mean, growing up, all of these sort of tools weren't around as much or it wasn't as cool to be sort of to have a name for everything. Right now you can sort of look up in the books and sort of, you know, there's a, there's a there's a there's a word for everything you've been through. There's, you know, the healing is so big right now and everyone it's sort of. I find healing can also excuse bad behavior, right? Like we're going through things, we've gone through trauma, all of this kind of stuff in our lives that we can use for an excuse Mm. later on in life. You know, and and I wonder, is it more apparent the older we get where, you know, people are more damaged as they get on? Because I think, you know, with, with the way the world is now with social media, with agencies, love has sort of, you know, we used to write letters to each other. We used to sort of go on dates and sort of, you know, make a phone call a week when we were at school to our boyfriends. We were so excited to speak to them and all of these kind of things. And now that sort of human touch has gone and dating has become so systematic 
that I also think people are so traumatized by what they thought was a relationship, what was going to be a relationship, that they've switched off. A lot of emotion has switched off to life in general because, you know, sex is more free. People are more free to date five people in a night and nobody says anything. Slut shaming is gone. You know, all of these things, not that I agree with slut shaming or anything, but you know what I mean? All of these things that Mm. sort of kept people in check before have gone. You know, no one has to answer to anyone anymore. And I'm a big, big believer in, you know, fuck society as well, because, you know, no one's going to tell me who's not paying my bills, how I'm going to behave or what I'm going to do. But do you think that has caused a more anxious society? I would say so. I'd say, and I hear you on the using trauma as a get out of jail free card, which I do think that some people do. And so when I'm, when I'm teaching emotional intelligence, one of my pillars is self-responsibility. Like it's important that we validate our trauma and we understand, you know, where this has come from and how to navigate that. But it's not playing the victim card of like, oh, this happened to me 17 years ago. And so this is why like, I can't ever be in a healthy relationship because I just don't think that that's true. And to answer your question, I do believe that it has made a more anxious society because there's so much access to being on our phones all the time. It's readily available. It's You can be talking to a million different people and you don't know who they're talking to. And I just think the, the online dating, whilst I do advocate for online dating, it can be very anxiety inducing and it's a tricky one to navigate. I'll say that. It's a tricky one to navigate because it's a very instant gratification society now where it's like, oh, well, you didn't do as I say. So fuck yeah, I'll just get another one. Yeah. So you're on and- eggshells, like how to please somebody the whole time. And I think in relationships, forget that. Like the one thing I'm super grateful for about my relationship with Sergio, and although I'm poking fun at it, is I don't have to make excuses for who I am. Or I'm not mm. trying to be someone else. If anything, the trouble with my relationship with Sergio is we're so who we are that, you know, we don't try as much. You know what I mean? Like, we're not on best behavior. He doesn't care if I'm sat on the loo. Like, in a normal mm. dating relationship, people will avoid the loo at all costs. My, I have girlfriends at mine that have separate bathrooms from their husbands. Absolutely wouldn't even let them in before they got makeup on. So, mm. you know, all of these things... Maybe, you know, I'm proud of me and Sergio for having, I mean, it's kind of like a best friend, brother, sister, lover, you know, parent, teacher relationship all in one. It's crazy because, you know, we have so many different facets to our relationship where, you know, even if we're fighting, we can turn it into a play fight, right? Like, you know, maybe we should have more boundaries than we do. Well, there's one of my favorite quotes from Esther Perel. She says, fire needs air. And so there's balancing the safety and the comfortability of, I can say anything, I can do anything, I can you know go to the loo in front of you and that's perfect and that's fine. And also there needs to be sovereignty. There needs to be, you know, yeah, some boundaries. And every couple is different. Like you said, there are some women who are like, oh my God, I would never allow my husband to see me without makeup. And to me, I'm like, I rarely put on makeup. So that's like wild to me. But you get to discern what those boundaries are for your relationship. But I do think that there's there's become this narrative of, oh my God, your partner should know 
everything about you. And I just don't necessarily think that's true. Actually. I don't think that our partner has to be our everything, right? This is why we have girlfriends. It's why we have parents. It's why we have a therapist. It's why we have, you know, all these different people in our world, because it's a lot of pressure for one person to be every single thing in our world. And you can imagine that if that relationship were to not work out for someone, how utterly devastating and shattering that is to their world because they've pinned every single thing on this person. And that's not to come from a place of, or we could, we could get a divorce or we could break up. So I'm not going to share myself with you, but understanding that it's important that they're just one planet in your solar system versus being the entire solar system, if that makes sense. Well, that doesn't work for a person with anxiety because they want only one person in their solar system. So that is something that, you know, is another struggle is to maintain friendships outside of the relationship that, you know, don't infringe on your relationship. Because I mean, I, I know a lot of men that don't really love their female relationships, the, the, the female's female relationship, because we do have such, you know, you talk differently with women, you laugh differently with women. I do think they're important. I never understood women that gave up women when they got into a relationship, but I never had that sort of a man. Now I have a man that is very happy, just us, because he feels us, my family, my kids, his family and my family is pretty much enough in life. We've got enough to spread around. But, you know, mm -hmm. so that is another also thing that we're very different on because, and I think that comes from his upbringing you know, being so solitary when traveling for soccer. So, and just being with him and his mom and maybe not having the friendship group I did because I went to boarding school and my entire life was my friends. You know, mm -hmm. your only people that you're with are your friends. And that's the work of the anxious person to do is to actually branch out of, okay, I, I, it's actually important that I have other relationships in my life because even if it's not being said, an avoidant is going to feel that energetically. And there's nothing more repelling to an avoidant than you are the center of my universe. It's like, nah, fuck that. I don't want to be the center of your universe. You know? <laughs> I'm the center of his universe. <laughs> yeah. And whilst that sounds beautiful and romantic, in actuality, it's not. It's really not you know? And, and that's not to put anyone down. It's like, it's very easy to get into that dynamic for anyone. You get into a relationship, you become complacent. It's the same thing day in, day out. He's oh my actually God, not everything. complacent. He treats me like a queen every single day. Like it's the first day we met. He's like kind of, which is amazing to me as well. But I do feel like it's important that everybody has their own life too. And I think that that's nothing to do with the relationship. That's not going down or putting anyone's relationship down. I think it's just important to always have something for yourself, regardless, without mm -hmm. each other, because, you know, God knows what will happen, you know, happens in the future for, for both of you. Yeah. And even beyond, because there can be almost this, this sense of it's an insurance policy. Okay. I want to have other people just in case we break up and then, you know, it won't be so bad. And it's less about that and more so about two whole people coming together and not looking for the other person. You complete me. You've been everything that I've been looking for in this intensity. It's two sovereign, whole, mature, 
adults coming together and co-creating something, you know, because the way I see it is there's three parties in a relationship. There's you, there's your partner, and there's the relationship as a third entity. And even kind of circling back to what we were talking about of different navigating different people's needs. It's like, okay, well, you might need something and he might need something different, but what does the relationship need? That might be something different totally altogether. A hundred percent. And it's navigating that. What was that? I think a hundred percent. But I think it's, you're right. The difficulty is the communication between those two people because, you know, neither are wrong, by the way. And that's, that's, I think the very, you know, I can't beat him up for wanting to spend more time with me or for hugging me to death, as I said most people don't get the amount of love in a lifetime as I get in a day. So, you know, I think as a, as a, somebody that's in a relationship like this, it's really important to tell people to, you know, try and understand each side, right? I have made him, I mean, it's more difficult for me sometimes to make him understand because he's younger that what I need or feel, but because he feels like he can beat it out of me. And that I haven't had that kind of relationship before and he's the one to give it to me, which I understand. But I do think, that I think, you know, the main point of this entire conversation is that neither of us are wrong. And Absolutely. any relationship is a, a difficult relationship. And there's always, you know, somebody who will love somebody more. My mother always said, marry a man that loves you more than you love him. Always. Mm. And I think it's super important to, it's not our relationship, darling. I'm saying this in life as in advice to women and to understand that or what my point to that was that understand that there'll always be somebody who pushes a little harder, right? And that n- neither of you are always going to be in the same place at the same time. And mm. I think that's really important to remember that it's, you're not going to have this kumbaya moment where you're both on exactly the same fucking page and that's okay because relationships are so bloody hard in today's world regardless. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head with that. You know, someone said, I have no idea who quoted this, but to be in a long-term relationship is to attend a thousand funerals of that person because you're always growing. You're always evolving. And sometimes they're going to have a little growth spurt while you're not and vice versa. And that can be difficult to navigate. And being in a relationship, as I'm sure you know, is a fucking choice every day. It's like, I'm choosing to be here. Versus, oh, I'm stuck. I have to be here, which I think a lot of people have that narrative. And I don't buy that. I personally want to be in a relationship where we're both choosing it every single day yeah, and making an effort for that. And relationships require effort. They require responsibility. They require us to sometimes put aside our own shit and give and meet the other person's needs just because that makes them happy. I think that's really, really true. I I really do. Every day is a choice. And I don't believe I'm stuck. There's always a way out. I mean, I know as again, I always say this, okay, a lot of people get stuck by finances, but I would say to women out there to put yourself in a position where you're reliant on somebody anyway, ever at this stage in the world, the way it is today, because, you know, the, the one income household doesn't really exist anymore. I know some of the richest people on the planet who have divorced their wives and still left them fucked. So, mm. you know, I wouldn't go into anything thinking I'm, I'm, I'm fine. 
right? Always make sure you're okay. The only person who's ever going to look after you is you. And the fact is these marriages that people have to stay in till they're a hundred are over. Divorce is easier. Meeting people is easier. Prenups are easier. I feel like, I mean, I'm definitely here to say scary has gone out of marriage. I don't feel scared at all. You know, I, I have friends that have done it, you know, five or six times. Who gives a shit? Do whatever you want. I don't believe this sort of victim mode of I have to be here. You don't have to be here. You've put yourself into a corner where that's the narrative. You've spun yourself that you have to be here. Nobody has to be anywhere longer than they want to anymore. Yeah. And, and, I, and I feel a lot of people for a very long time, and this still plays out, believe that the marker of a successful relationship is how long you have stayed together. And I think it's bullshit. Because the marker of a relationship, a successful and healthy relationship is, did you communicate? Did you talk to each other? You know, so many people just fall out of love and they're not on the same page and they don't share the same values anymore. And that's so fine. And some of the most successful relationships are six months long, you know, and like I've met plenty of married couples who have been together for 40 years and they hate each other. And to me, that's not a successful relationship. So yeah. It's, it's a choice. And yes, there are, you know, the finances and stuff and, and that's a different conversation. But when we're talking about healthy love, the love that we all deep down really desire, it's a choice. And sometimes you look at your partner and you're like, I really have to choose to be here right now because it would be so much easier for me to bail. It would be so much easier for me to leave or whatever it is, or me to just go work and not talk to you right now. But that's relating. That's long-term relationships is we have to show up for each other and for ourselves first and foremost every day. Thank you, Michelle. It was really, really interesting. I love this. I mean, I really do. Like It is, as I said, more common than not. And I think there's a certain type of people you know, two alphas don't really ever get together anyway. There's two, two people in a relationship that are so different. And you're always going to have this because, you know, people pick different people. You don't pick the, the, the person that's exactly like you. So I think you do have to choose you or each, you know, choose the relationship every single day. It doesn't just happen. And it is work every day. And the thing is, you know, like, especially with someone like me who's married to someone almost 20 years younger than me, he's, he's evolving every hour. Like literally, he changes all the time. I'm evolving, but he really is evolving. But it's been really, really good. Thank you so much for coming on Divorce Not Dead. Please tell everybody how to find you and where you are and all of the above. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So the best place to find me is either on my podcast. So as you said, it's unfuck your relationships. And the other place to find me would be on Instagram. That's the best place. So at Michelle Panning, I'm pretty active on there or just my website, michellepanning.com. And you can check out all the different offerings that are going on, all the dating programs, the anxious avoidant, all the shit that we talked about, those programs for all of it. So yeah. Thank you. And I can't wait to come on yours. So tune in everyone. I will be back. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you.
Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. <laughs>